all of these things are just piling up and piling up and piling up and piling up. And then your body is just like, I'm about to explode. And your body exploding is the allergic symptoms that you experience. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Oh My Allergies podcast. This is your hostess with the mostest Valencia. And if you are new here, the Oh My Allergies podcast is a podcast about all things allergies. Whether you have food allergies, seasonal allergies, skin allergies, or even your pet has allergies, Oh My Allergies is a safe space for discussions for those that need a bit of advice and support from someone who understands their struggle. Let's learn how to navigate life and learn how to thrive with our allergies together. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Oh My Allergies podcast or welcome back to the podcast. If you are new, I am Valencia. Very nice to meet you. And if you are not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you're subscribed on your podcast platform of choice. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon, Audible, just so many different platforms that you can listen to podcast on. So definitely make sure you are subscribed. Also, while you are on our podcast page, Page. Make sure you stop, drop, roll, and rate the podcast. Hopefully your rating is five stars. And also leave the show a review because it really just helps with being able to grow our community and be able to reach new people like yourselves. Follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram is at ohmyallergies. Follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is at ohmyvalencia. And just keep on sharing the pod with people you know or maybe people that you might not even know. Now, as we are entering into this early spring season, you're probably starting to deal with different symptoms like the itchy, watery eyes, sinus pressure, or nasal congestion. And if you are dealing with different symptoms like that, then you most likely probably have seasonal allergies. And if you do, then you're probably familiar with those symptoms and the fact that they can continue for months at a time, which is just one of the annoying things that comes with having seasonal allergies. But I thought because of us being in March now and us having this transition period from winter to spring, that it would be really great to just talk about common allergy mistakes that people make that you definitely don't want to make. And these are just things that I've just learned over the years as someone who has seasonal allergies and just tips that I've also have come across and thought this would be really good to share on the pod. But I'm thinking of doing kind of like an allergy mistake series about different types of allergies or different types of situations. So if you guys like this episode, then make sure you send us over a note on the Oh My Allergies podcast Instagram page, which is Oh My Allergies. But with that being said, let's get right into what's been going on with me. So what's been going on with me? Well, lately, my life and my free time has just been filled with watching a bunch of softball games or going to different softball games in person because 
like I said before, it is softball season and it's actually been like really, really fun. I have like my group of teams that I really like to watch. I obviously root for UGA, so go dogs. I also like to watch UCLA. Um, I'm a really big fan of Texas, hook them. Um, and I also really like to watch uh, Florida State University as well. Um, this past weekend, the preseason ended and the season, like the full on season started. So there were like the SEC that was starting to play, the ACC was starting to play, you know, the Big 12, you know, just so many different conferences were starting their conference play. And I am just really, really excited for the road to the one. Women's College World Series and actually I think it would be really cool if I was able to go one year I think that would be really cool just because I just think it would be like so fun and like the atmosphere seems like it's such a good atmosphere to be a part of um, and you're just around so many people who really just enjoy genuinely the game of softball. Um, I just have to find someone who wouldn't mind going. But um, yeah, outside of, you know, work and things like that, I've been watching like softball. Um, I've been making purchases on things that I don't really need. Um, been doing a lot of meditations as work is definitely it's it's definitely has me working uh, for a lot of a better word um so meditations have really been coming in clutch lately just really just trying to center myself and really meditate and meditate on you know like god's word and promises and things like that so i've really been trying to prioritize that um i've not really been watching a lot of television lately like outside of like softball and like sports games and things like that I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, um, but I've been trying to find other things to be able to watch. So I found some shows on like Apple TV Plus that like caught my interest, like Truth Be Told. I know it's been out for like a minute. I believe it came out like in 2019. I think it actually was one of the first shows that came with the launch of Apple TV Plus, but it looks like really, really good. I think they're like on season three, so definitely have my fair share of seasons to get caught up on. Also, uh, what was something that I recently saw? Oh, I recently saw Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Oh my gosh, guys, I really didn't know what that movie was going to be like when I first watched it, like I didn't look at the plot, didn't really know what to expect, was very curious on how they were going to move the franchise forward, you know, with Chadwick Boseman, you know, sadly passing away and all, which he was Black Panther. So I was just very curious to see what they were going to do. That movie was really good, but it really caught me off by surprise when they introduced the whole like underwater people element to the story. I was just like, wait, what? I was so intrigued, but I did think it was still a good movie um, with everything considered. Um, but definitely recommend watching that movie if you have not watched it before. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what's been going on with me. Uh, just been doing that, doing a lot of reading too. I recently came across a book that is, I believe, the prequel to the Hunger Games series. So that recently caught my eye. I've been seeing a lot of mixed reviews about it. So wish me luck that I actually think the book is somewhat entertaining. I saw all of the Hunger Game movies. I tried to read the books, but the books are too gory for me, especially the first one. 
And I thought, well, maybe this might not be as bad. So I'm going to give this book a try. Um, I have the book and then I also just got the audiobook too because I used to be an audiobook girly and I'm hoping that maybe this book might get me back into wanting to do audiobooks. So uh, fingers crossed for that. But that's pretty much what's been going on with me. So let's get right into my foodie likes. <laughs> first foodie like that I want to share with you all is uh, this coffee that I've been getting from Trader Joe's. It's their decaf coffee because I am in my decaf era right now because regular coffee has just been giving me the worst headaches and it really just messes with me in my sleep even though I don't like have regular coffee past like three or five o'clock. So I've been using this decaf coffee to make cold brew because you guys know that I am sick and tired of buying cold brew that costs like six or seven dollars and so been making cold brew at home and it's so flipping delicious like it makes no sense but my pocket is happy so we're just all happy all smiles all around here and I really like it I was surprised that I liked it not because it was decaf I know I like decaf coffee but because it is a medium roast I haven't had medium roast coffee consistently in a while I'm usually more so of a dark roast person and I think that's also part of my problem is because I am the person that will go and try and drink the Sumatra coffee which if you are an avid coffee drinker you know that's like the dark of the dark of the dark and like it's so rich and bold and I feel like I don't know if this is correct, but I feel like the darker the roast, the more caffeine there might be in the coffee. And I definitely feel the effects when I'm drinking regular coffee and feeling the difference between when I drink like regular medium roast coffee versus like dark roast regular coffee. Um, I'm not really a light roast person. I used to be when I first started getting into drinking coffee. I would be the person that was like, I want more milk than coffee. But then as I started getting just used to the flavor and really just liking a bold cup, then I started going from light to medium and medium to dark roast. I do want to get more into finding coffees that are like a half calf for sometimes where I want a little bit of caffeine, but not a lot of caffeine. Um, so I am currently on the hunt for trying to find a really good half calf I've not found one yet I feel like it's not as common as decaf coffee even though a lot of places don't really push decaf coffee like for example I know on the Starbucks app you can get decaf coffee but every time I've tried to go to a Starbucks to get decaf coffee they look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about I'm like literally in this app it says that you all sell decaf coffee so where is the decaf coffee and then it like ends up going back and forth and it's just a thing and I don't really feel like doing it so it's just easier just to make it at home you save more money too so that is literally what I've been doing a lot lately um so yeah definitely recommend trying their decaf coffee because it's really good it has a decent flavor and it has a little bit of a boldness to it but obviously uh, bold within the rights of medium roast another favorite that I have that's also from Trader Joe's it's their kohlrabi vegetable pasta I've been using this to make vegetable stews and vegetable soups and if you're not familiar with kohlrabi I think that's how you pronounce it it's related to cabbage and it kind of has like this very 
mild and kind of a slight sweet taste to it. They're like the vegetable pasta comes like in these thin shreds and in like a steam in the bag type of deal. I've not steamed it in the bag. I am that person that will open the bag, take it out, wash them and then use it. Uh, that's just me. And that's just kind of like how I grew up. I don't really get the whole idea. Like I get the whole steam in the bag idea. And I understand that some of those products will say that it's been washed, but I don't know, like I just need to see it be washed. It's not enough for me to say or enough for me to see that on the bag. It says, yeah, it's been washed three times. Like, I don't know if I'm the only person that's like that, but I, I just, I will go wash it. I am that person. And I am also that person that if I see that you don't wash your produce before you use it, it I will look at you cross-eyed internally I will I'm sorry not sorry I just think it's nasty if you don't wash your produce it's just it's just weird in my opinion but um all that to say uh highly recommend trying out this vegetable pasta if you're looking for a alternative to like regular pasta um I've tried to dabble with actually making it with like pasta and marinara in my opinion I didn't really care for it like that I like when it's like in a super stew I feel like that's where it shines the most but that is my personal opinion but highly recommend trying out this pasta because it is delicioso but those are the foodie likes I want to talk about this uh, week and with that being said I can get right into the allergy news article So this week's allergy news article is from Yahoo News and the article is titled Allergy Nightmare Scenarios, Five Things That Could Go Wrong. So this article, it talks about how experts are saying that spring allergies can actually lead to a lot more than just itchy eyes and a runny nose if they go untreated. In the article, there is a doctor named Dr. Ryan Steele, an allergist and immunologist at Yale. Uh, he said that the longer you ignore symptoms, the more potential there is for needing more intensive medication or medical interventions. And that's a quote from the article. Um, some of the different uh, scenarios and uh, things that they say could end up going wrong, that's pretty much just an allergy nightmare that I felt like also went along with today's topic of allergy mistakes is this idea of your allergic reactions getting worse. Um, Although like a lot of people tend to just wait and see if their environmental or seasonal allergies will get better or if they just go away completely. But actually this article talks about how the opposite happens and how allergies quote typically do not go away on their own and it can actually worsen with age. Actually the person went on to say that their effect depends on the severity of a person's allergy, the amount of exposure, and just other factors which pretty much means that ignoring allergy symptoms and continuing to be exposed to that substance that is triggering you and your body can actually make the reaction progressively worse each time that you are exposed which is a concept that we've talked about on the podcast before and I think that that's something that a lot of people don't really realize and I think that when it comes to seasonal and environmental allergies people just automatically think that they're not that big of a deal but 
they actually are if they go untreated or if you treat them nonchalantly because another point that they make in this article is how too your quality of life could decrease and how some people live with allergies for years and years and years and just ignore the symptoms that they're experiencing and that can actually lead to a decline in your quality of life because it can impact your sleep which we've done podcast episodes on it can increase anxiety it can increase depression it can decrease your social interaction it can just make you just not feel really the best about yourself so therefore it can impact your quality of life which I think again is another factor of allergies that a lot of people don't really think about until it actually happens to them and I know I've had situations where um, I've experienced symptoms and it really just made me feel down and it really made me not want to be around people um, or it has interrupted my sleep and it really just brings like this feeling over you, which my mother is probably laughing because we have like this inside joke, but it kind of brings this feeling over you where you just feel blah and you feel like you don't want to do anything. Um, but those are like some of the points in this article that really like popped out at me. There are obviously more within this article, but if you want to learn more about this article, check out our show notes to read the full article as I don't cover every inch of the allergy news articles that are spotlighted here in these episodes. So definitely check out our show notes. But that is this week's allergy news article. So let's get right into today's topic, which is all about eight allergy mistakes that you do not want to make, guys. You definitely don't want to make them because you will regret them in the long run. Like I say in these types of episodes, I'm not a doctor, um, I'm not a medical professional, nor do I claim to be either of those things. These are just things that I know from personal experience and research that I've done, and I encourage you all to do research on your own as well. spring being literally right around the corner I wanted to talk all about seasonal allergy mistakes that you do not want to make I know a lot of people really look forward to spring like the sun is out and shining you don't have to deal with snow anymore depending on where you live and you're just able to get outside and just be out but with that sunshine comes the flowers blooming, which means pollen will definitely be making an appearance on the scene. Now, pollen does have a purpose. It's not like it's just this thing that exists and it just annoys millions of people for no reason whatsoever. Uh, in case you wanted a mini science lesson from yours truly, pollen is produced by plants to fertilize other plants of the same species. And some plants rely solely on insects and pollinating animals to carry that pollen from plant to plant so bees and like insects like that however the real problem comes with those that are wind pollinated it's that wind and pollen combo that is a big no no and that combo it can trigger an allergic reaction which means you're more likely a person who has hay fever, also known as allergic rhinitis. And one form of allergic rhinitis is seasonal, and that is what we will be focusing on today. Now, when symptoms you experience happen because of trees in the spring, 
grasses in the summer and weeds in the fall, this kind of falls underneath the allergic rhinitis umbrella. And if you want to learn more about allergic rhinitis, you definitely should listen to the episode we have on the difference between allergic rhinitis and allergic sinusitis. We will have that episode linked in our show notes. So definitely give that a listen. But without going too much into it, seasonal allergic rhinitis is caused by being allergic to allergens like mold spores, grasses, pollens, or weeds from trees and other plants. So typically in early spring, you can expect to be hit with the tree pollen, especially if you near live oak, cedar, elm, and other trees whose blossoms generate lots of that irritating pollen that our bodies cannot stand. And in mid to late summer, you can say hello to the grass pollen. And then by the time fall rolls around, you're like sniffling, your nose, your watery eyes, they're all being assaulted by the ragweed pollen. And it's just anyone who suffers from this type of allergy knows that this is an irritating situation that can really just make you just so downright miserable. And if you're particularly sensitive to seasonal allergies like hay fever, then you're probably taking all the right precautions like staying indoors during peak pollen times, you know, washing your hands often, um, and like using eye drops to make sure your eyes are staying moist and clear. But it can all be like too easy to unknowingly make your allergy symptoms worse. Like, for example, did you know that taking a swim in the pool, playing with your pet or a friend's pet or a family pet or wearing outdoor shoes around the house can all be triggers for your allergies? And like you're bringing all of these allergens into your living space and then they're just settling there. And then your nose or your eyes or your skin are just getting the brunt end of it. And actually, I have a little mini story time for you guys. So I was recently playing with my dog and petting her and doing all the things that pets really love for us to do, right? And then I washed my hands afterwards, but I didn't really think about washing off my arms or, you know, doing the whole like forearm, bicep, tricep situation. All of a sudden, I got these hives on my arms that burned and itched like crazy. And it took me off guard because I haven't had this bad of a reaction to my dog, I don't think like ever. And then I realized that this all happened because I didn't wash off my my arms and my forearms. And I was just like, wow, this is literally insane. This is really, really crazy. And you would just not really think about how something as simple as pet dander would affect your skin or pet saliva would affect your skin because one of the things that a lot of people tend to think about when associating themselves with having a pet allergy is that they think it's like the hair no it's the dander and the saliva that you're actually allergic to but that was covered in a completely different episode I think we did an episode on being allergic to pets so definitely check out that episode to learn a little bit more but yeah it's just kind of like you don't really think about all of these allergens that you're bringing into your living space whether it be pollen whether it be a pet allergy or what have you All of these things are just piling up and piling up and piling up and piling up. And then your body is just like, I'm about to explode. And your body exploding is the allergic symptoms that you experience. Now, even though seasonal allergic rhinitis, it is easier to treat with 
allergy medication because the symptoms are typically short-term. Um, preventing that allergen exposure is really important for good symptom control. So I want to talk to you guys about some mistakes that I've made and had to learn the hard way to just avoid making them. So the first mistake is not showering immediately after being outside. Now, like when you spend a lot of time outside working outside in your yard or you're outside taking a walk or you're going on a run or you're outside playing with your dog, uh, pollen can just end up on your skin and it can end up on your hair, which can make your allergy symptoms worse. And I know a lot of people think about how pollen can affect their nose and their throat, but I'm not really sure if people tend to think about pollen getting on their skin and on their hair and how that can affect you in the same way. An allergen like pollen, it can collect in your hair whenever you step outside. And because your hair is right next to your face and your nose and your mouth and your eyes, that buildup of those allergens can actually cause annoying allergy symptoms to just get worse. So it's a good idea to take a second shower after you come inside to just rinse that pollen away and avoid your allergy symptoms as much as you can. I think I actually want to do more episodes on a topic like this because I actually find it to be so, so interesting. And it's just things that you typically don't think about when you have allergies. So definitely stay tuned for more episodes like that. Um, Just because I think, like I said, When it comes to especially seasonal allergies, you tend to think of like your nose and your throat. You don't really think about other aspects of your body and how that affects that as well. Another mistake is wearing your pollen covered shoes in your house. First of all, I know that there are a lot of opinions on whether or not you should wear your outside shoes in your house. And that is another conversation for another day. We're talking about pollen covered shoes. But with that being said, you can carry quite a bit of pollen into your house after you've been exposed to it by being outside. Uh, exercising or doing yard work outside and if you don't take off your shoes as soon as you come into your house you could be potentially tracking pollen into literally every room in your house and the same actually goes for your clothes it's not necessary for everyone uh, but if you have seasonal allergies like hay fever and they are really impacting you a lot slash they're like really troublesome for you uh, changing your clothes changing your shoes taking off your shoes as soon as you come in and throwing them in the wash to keep your allergy symptoms from really just carrying and tracking around into every part of your house is probably going to be what's helpful. I know that's something that has helped me, especially when I was outside playing soccer. That was something I literally had to do because if I did not, I would literally feel the effects of my allergy symptoms. I would be sneezing. It would be affecting my eyes. I'd have itchy, watery eyes. It would be affecting my throat. It was just a whole situation. And it's like, hey, I could avoid this by just not wearing my shoes and tracking them around the house. And I know my mother growing up was probably really happy about that. Um, I really found out that it really helped me so, so much. But speaking of clothes and pollen covered clothes, uh, making sure that you're you are separating your pollen covered clothes to quarantine them. I found out was something that I really, really needed to do. And the mistake was not separating my pollen covered clothes to quarantine them and having like this designated like clothes quarantine area for like your pollen covered clothing. So if you have like a mud room or a foyer or an entryway that you can use to just shed 
your clothes, your shoes, your socks, your hats, your jackets, just pretty much anything that was exposed to the pollen that's outside. I highly recommend this, just taking it off. And another tip that I found online that I'm like, hmm, I think I really want to do this because normally what I do is that I just have clothes uh, nearby to be able to change into uh, to make sure that those pollen covered clothes aren't like really following me. But if you're taking off your clothes and you're going to take like a shower, uh, just keeping like a few bathrobes in this area so you don't find yourself just like running in your birthday suit through your house it's probably the best way to go especially if you are sharing a living space with somebody um you don't definitely want to surprise people and catch people off guard now the fourth mistake that i wish that i knew earlier on within my allergy journey especially um as an adult is uh not having a drink after being exposed to pollen and or other allergens because drinking any type of alcohol increases the blood flow to the linings of your nose and if you tend to have nasal related allergy symptoms it's just going to make that worse so when seasonal allergies hit and you're already feeling congested you're probably going to want to skip the wine and skip the beer to avoid uh, worsening your allergy symptoms. Uh, we also did an episode about this as well. Honestly, I'm just going to keep plugging our episodes because we have a lot out there um, that have some really great content in them. So definitely listen to our previous episodes if you haven't done so already and really just getting into the nitty gritty on how wine and alcohol and things like that can actually affect your allergies and this is just one of the ways that it can do that. My fifth mistake that I regret making is skipping allergy medicine at night. I am embarrassed at the amount of times that I do this. It's not good guys, I know, I know. Usually it's because I'm so tired that the only action I want to do is get into my bed. That is all I'm focused on and that's all that gets accomplished on those nights. My allergy medicine routine is actually kind of complicated now so I think that probably doesn't make it better either. Um, I've had to add prescription eye drops into my routine both in the morning and at night since now my allergies are affecting my eyes now. Like it's crazy how over time the way your body reacts to things can change. I know different allergy medicines require you to take them like on a certain cadence. Like some medications are good for 24 hours, then some are only good for four to six hours or um, good for six to eight hours. And if you're dealing with allergy symptoms with a different antihistamine first thing in the morning just keep in mind that its effects may only last a certain period of time like if it's lasting like six to eight hours um and if you don't take it again before you go to bed then you could potentially wake up to more allergy symptoms in the morning so just make sure you are checking the label of your medication to just be sure that you are taking the correct number of doses for your seasonal allergies because i've had to learn the hard way the importance of why it's you should be taking the correct number of doses for or your seasonal allergies because I have dealt with taking um, a medication for my seasonal allergies and it was only meant to take at night. I did not read the labeling. I took it in the morning, 
really found out really quickly why you should take it at night because it made me very drowsy and sleepy and out of it and it was just not good for me and my productivity during the day it was it was a no for me but yeah highly recommend don't skip your allergy medicine as tempting as it may be as much as you may want to because you do not feel like it trust me I get it I get it. I live it very frequently. I'm in the mood where I'm like, I don't really feel like taking my nasal spray and my eye drops at night and then my allergy pill in the morning and my eye drops in the morning. It's just it's just a lot, especially because my dog deals with seasonal allergies as well. So it's like I'm on meds. She's on meds. We're just having a med party. It's just it's just a lot, you know. So also with it being a lot, I think another thing as to why I may tend to skip allergy medicine especially at night is because sometimes I just forget like I'll be like okay like did I take this did I not take this and then I will look at my surroundings and be like okay well if this is moved then that means that I did take it and if this isn't moved then that means I didn't take it like just little indicators like okay like is the lid off of something is it off or is it on you know, like just trying to look at little like clues like that, like trying to read between the lines. And for me, like I don't want to overtake a medicine because I'm not trying to do the whole overdosing thing. You know, I feel like that's not that likely for me, but just to be on the safe side, like that's just my worst uh, thing that I think about when it comes to taking allergy medicine. I don't want to overtake something. So for me, in my head, I rationalize, well, if I think that I took something and I'm not sure, it's better to just not take it and not overtake it so like I'm not gonna take it today because I don't remember whether or not I gave it to myself or I didn't give it to myself and then we'll do like a like woosah reset the next day and then like I just need to be a lot better with that and then another thing that has been really helpful in trying to get in the habit of like not skipping medicine um, especially allergy medicine at night is I got like this travel pill case and even though I'm not using it for travel pill pur purposes I am using it to make sure that oh well if all of the you know pills and medication is not empty in this case you know for the things that you can just put in your mouth it's like an oral pill then like I'll look at that and I'm like oh well if it's there then that means I didn't have it um and if it isn't there then that means I did take it and like I'm on the right sheet of music so it's just little cues and little like things like that that I look for that really helps with like jogging up my memory and so I feel like that's another uh component to it at least for me personally when it comes to like why I may skip allergy medicine at night but I I, I really don't recommend you do that uh, your body will be so mad and frustrated with you that you did do that even though it is a lot you just still have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself at the end of the day um, and making sure that you're taking that allergy medicine to make sure that you're covered throughout the night and into the morning and just making sure you're working with your doctor to know what is the best medication for you and the best medication cadence for you uh, because what may work for me may not work for you so just definitely keep all of those things in mind because like I already said I am not a doctor or a medical professional so I had to say that 
my sixth mistake that I really wish that everyone would avoid making is um, not avoiding foods that can trigger more symptoms slash a reaction. And I think this is one that I don't really hear too many people talking about, um, but it really does play a vital role. Uh, for some people with seasonal allergies, they often have these antibodies that can actually cause their immune system to overreact to certain foods. And that is what's known as cross-reactivity. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but if you are new to this whole concept and phenomenon of cross-reactivity, activity. If you are allergic to ragweed, the idea is that you could potentially experience allergy symptoms like itching on your lips, tongue, and mouth if you eat things like bananas, melons, cucumber, or zucchini. Um, So it's just that whole idea of if you're allergic to a certain type of pollen, then these might be foods that you might want to reconsider um, how often you eat them because they could potentially set off slash trigger your allergy symptoms because you're allergic to said pollen. And these problems, they may only occur during the season in which your allergies are at their worst, but it's definitely something to consider and really think about as you are trying to meal prep or grocery shop, things like that. Um, It's just something to kind of keep in mind and I found has worked for me when I'm just kind of altering the way that I'm eating um, when I am experiencing like the height of my allergy symptoms. The next mistake that I think that you do not want to make is not wiping down your pets when they come indoors. Um, If you have a dog, this is very much for people who are dog people uh, because pets, they bring pollen indoors by either their paws and their fur. So you're going to want to keep a rag within reach of your front and back doors uh, so that you can give your dog a quick once over when they come in and make sure to like wipe their toes, wipe the tops of their paws. And one thing that I saw that is something that I definitely want to integrate and do is actually wiping off legs. Now in the name of transparency, the times I have done this, I usually, like I said, have just done my dog's paw, my dog's paws, and that's it. I can see the benefit of wiping their legs as well. Um, but my dog, I don't know if anyone else's dog is like this, but my dog does not like to feel off balance, which I think is very understandable and is very valid from both an animal and even a person standpoint. I don't think any person likes to feel off balance so I would probably have to fight my dog on this to be honest but I think everything including wiping the legs off with you know them being exposed to pollen is the goal and if you can get there with your dog that's great Uh, if you have to work up to get in there with your dog that's definitely okay as well Um, and if that is not your thing then it may work better for you to just give your dog a bath once a week if that's possible Now, my dog does not mind baths at all. Like, she is super calm when I do it, but it's like with me and my hair, do I feel like doing it? So, if you are a believer in dog grooming, like myself, maybe that may work better for you, your situation. But the goal here and the goal with the bath or the wiping of the paws or the legs, etc., is to just help maintain control 
over the amount of pollen that's being brought into the house. Like that is the goal. So whatever you want to do to get to that said goal to help with minimizing or avoiding allergy triggers, uh, just do that and do what works best for you and your situation because you know more than me about your situation. So now the last allergy mistake that I feel like you do not want to make is not eating more turmeric and ginger. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, then you are probably aware of how much of a fan I am for ginger. I know some people may not like it and they think it's spicy or it has a taste that isn't their favorite, but definitely hear me out. There are so many positives to ginger. Ginger and its extracts, they are known for the medicinal effects like anti-nausea, pain relief, and anti-inflammation. Now, inflammation, it plays a huge role in allergies. And if you want to learn more about this, we did an episode on this. So definitely go check that out. It'll be linked in our show notes. But um, in addition to the benefits of ginger, turmeric has those really good benefits as well. It's really good for you. Turmeric, it's a natural decongestant, antihistamine, and anti-inflammatory. In fact, it actually possesses properties that have been shown to fight a lot of allergic responses. And that's because the primary ingredient in turmeric is curcumin and it inhibits the release of histamine from a type of white blood cell called mast cells. And pretty much long story short, turmeric, it can help to keep your the histamines in your body at bay, which will reduce those nasty, annoying symptoms that you feel when your body is responding to an allergic substance. And some ways that you can incorporate ginger and turmeric into your diet and your day-to-day routine uh, when it comes to cooking. Turmeric, it's a really versatile ingredient. You can use it in so many different ways. You can mix it with your scrambled eggs, which is what I used to do when I could eat eggs. It's really tasty, highly recommend. You can use it in soups. You can use it in stews. You can also put ginger in these things as well. You can add it to rice and have a turmeric rice situation. You can also add ginger to rice. I did that from a HelloFresh recipe. Highly recommend doing it. It was something that I didn't know that I needed, but then when I ate it and really enjoyed it, I was like, wow, I need ginger rice in my life. So highly recommend. And I'm not even a big fan of rice anyway. So um, ginger and adding ginger and turmeric and other things to rice, if rice is something that you eat constantly, you might as well throw some things that are good for you and your body into your rice as well. Or you can blend these things into a smoothie. But there's so many different ways that you can incorporate uh, these foods into your body, as well as other foods that are really going to help with uh, minimizing your allergic response in a more natural way. But hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. You found it to be a little funny, but really helpful. If you did, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. If you're not subscribed already, make sure that you uh, give this show a rating. Hopefully your rating is five stars. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. It really helps with being able to grow our community and being able to reach new people like yourself. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. My Instagram is at oh my Valencia. The podcast Instagram is at oh my allergies. Make sure you keep on sharing the podcast with people you know or don't know. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye guys. <laughs>